the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. The writer of the Gospel of John assumes that we can guess why. Here's my best guess. The wedding party ran out of wine because the villagers were poor. Jesus and his disciples had been invited, and they themselves were poor and had little, if anything, to bring with them as a wedding present. Being poor always means being on the edge of being hungry, always having to worry about where your next meal is coming from, and there's no way you're able to stock a multi-day marriage party with wine. But all through the Old Testament, God says again and again that he cares for the poor. When the slaves fled from Egypt with nothing except what they could take from the Egyptians, God gave them bread from heaven. All through the Psalms, the theme resounds. God cares for the poor, for the widows and orphans. Some of the prophets and visionaries proclaimed God's promise to Israel that when the Messiah came, God would make the earth itself incredibly fertile and there would be more than enough food and wine for everyone and the poor would be satisfied. So when in John's Gospel, Jesus first manifests his glory as God's Son, he does so on behalf of the poor. And he does so in a staggering way, showing that the Messiah has indeed come, and that he is inaugurating a new heavens and new earth of incredible abundance for all. Jesus does not merely heal the wedding banquet. He overwhelms them with God's infinite generosity. Those stone jars filled with water were big, and at Jesus' word they produced a totally extravagant amount of wine, at least 120 gallons, enough to make that party really rich and lively for the whole village, for the whole week, like something like the party God's going to throw when God's kingdom comes. John wants us to see not only Jesus' divine power, but the overwhelming total generosity of God. John wants us to hear this story and understand that it is a sign a sign that Jesus, who acts out of his absolute and eternal intimacy with the Father, is the one in whom God's eternal party breaks in. Above all, on behalf of those who need God's help the most. Now, what about the sign itself, water into wine? John repeatedly tells us in his Gospel that what Jesus does is what he sees the Father doing. So what does the Father do with water and wine? Well, God turns water into wine all the time, every year. In a slow miracle, each vintage, God takes water and feeds vines with it. The grapes take up the water um, and swell and ripen in the sun. Then God's other creatures, men and women, harvest the grapes, crush them, and ferment them. With human skill passed down through generations and refined by scientific research these days, they turn that juice into wine. That slow yearly wonder 
brings to us this very day the wine that will be Jesus' blood, soon to be brought up from the people to the priest, who will then take it and say, Blessed are you, O God of all creation, who gives us this wine, fruit of the earth, work of human hands. It will become for us our spiritual drink. At Cana of Galilee, Jesus just does what the Father does all the time. He just does it quickly. And so he shows God's mercy and infinite generosity for poor villagers who are getting married in spite of having so little. He floods them with wonderful wine. The disciples realize what he has done, and they believe in him. They start to see him for who he is, the very word and wisdom and son of God, come to inaugurate God's kingdom by saving us from sin and death and from hunger, all kinds of hunger and thirst, spiritual and physical. So then, what can we learn from this? Well, one very basic thing that we might have learned that our mothers need. We can give thanks for all that God gives us, but especially for the food and drink that daily sustain our life. Give us this day our daily bread. For us to give thanks every time food or drink goes into our mouths is a concrete, humble discipline that will make an astonishing difference in our spiritual lives. In a big way, we do that here in this Eucharist. As you know, the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Here we give thanks for the bread of life. God's generosity is so great, how can we not be thankful and show it? On another level, John wants us to recognize who Jesus is. Someone who is God in the flesh with us. It will take the disciples three years and the cross and the resurrection even to begin to understand that in Jesus we have God with us, incarnate in our humanity. You and I can spend our whole lives growing into that life-giving mystery. And Jesus' healing of this marriage feast is the first sign in the Gospel of John of that. On still another level, and the last one for today. We can grow in the understanding that we are God's beloved children and thus called to reflect God's nature, God's goodness, God's generosity in the world. We must care about the poor as God does and serve them as Jesus himself does. That's why a group from our parish and other congregations is going to Sacred Heart later today to sort food and clothes so that people who are having a rough time can eat and have something to wear in this weather. That's why every Tuesday a community comes to St. Luke's and prepares a meal for Los Gatos' homeless men and women. That's why we pay attention to the politics here and around the world that do so much to help or harm the poor. Because God and Jesus cares because God and Jesus is infinitely generous and not least to us 
whether we're poor or rich, who all alike need God's bread of life so deeply. Amen.